you're listening to the iRacer Lounge podcast, featuring all your latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and much more. Now here's your host, Mike Ellis, and Sim Racing Chewy Side. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55 Carlos, Brad Wren, Lance, back after a very long time, and a special guest tonight, Jason Brizick. Welcome, guys. Hey, good evening. So we're going to start off with uh, Jason. Uh, Jason, uh, I'm involved in your league. Well, I, I won't say I'm involved. I, I'm a member of your league. I haven't raced in it for quite some time. Uh, and I believe it's called Race Free or Die. And uh, that's how I know you. Um, and I think we've raced a couple times through that uh, scenario. But um, why don't you start off and tell us about uh, what you do with uh, Race Free or Die? Okay. Uh, well, I started this league because uh, I found that the iRacing World Tour Series, the official iRacing World Tour Series, seemed like it was not, um, I guess it wasn't as robust as I wanted. So I thought about all the races I ever wanted to do, both uh, short track and NASCAR and IndyCar and Formula One, and I just kind of put together a, a schedule, and I realized that there was a lot more racing than iRacing was doing, so I just made my own league that was basically a World Tour Series league that runs all year and has the prizes and lots of full-distance uh, authentic races with the real we weather of uh, each of the weeks. Right. And what I noticed about your league is, uh, man, you run all the big events, uh, and and you're just relentless. I mean, it, you, you're very busy. You have a record amount of uh, users, I believe. I don't know of a league that has more members than yours. Do you know anything about that? Or Yeah, we have, uh, I think at last count, 2,160 league members. However, uh, even though that's a big uh, count, that, that I really have about... 100 or less actual core members that race week to week. Uh, we're running the IndyCar race at Iowa tonight. And, uh, you know, we're not filling up every server because we have such a diversity of races that I have some guys that just come out for the sprint car events and some guys that just come out for endurance racing. And, and we just keep, you know, we're like a buffet of racing. So every week there's uh, there's a lot of different stuff. And so I don't have the same guys every week. Right, right. Well, it's good that you have a, a good quality number there, like 100. I mean, what? Do, how do you handle that when you can't accommodate 100 people in one you know, particular race? Uh, a couple times in the past, we've actually had to run our own league splits. I did that with a Pocono race in the IndyCar. Uh, it usually comes out, the bigger the prize money, the more likely uh, we get into a split. Right now, I'm, I'm running it where it's a minimum of $10 to win each race, and then we have a $1,000 purse for the championship. So, for example, last week ran the Coke Zero uh, 400, and I actually thought it was not going to be a very good turnout. So I offered up, hey, for every paid for every driver in the race, I'd pay two dollars. So we ended up with a, a full field of like 40 cars, and I thought I was going to have like you know 12 or 20 or something like that. And so I had to pay out <laughs> 65 bucks to the winner, uh, which was Seth the Merchant. Nice. 
So do you have a sponsor to, for this prize money? I mean, how does all that shake out? Or? Uh, it's actually coming out mostly. It's The money comes out of my pocket. Uh, I probably put up about $3,000 in prize money over the last three years. That's uh, This is the third year of the league. And nice. but I did I did I did get a title sponsor this year. A gentleman from I I analyze racing said, "Hey, I like your league and would like to give away some software." So right now for the well, let me take a step back. We have the world's only road oval chase. So it's a NASCAR style chase that starts mid September, runs for 14 weeks, but it's basically oval and road stuff. And the grand prize is going to be $500 PayPal cash. Plus a three-year subscription to I Analyze Racing, and then there's some other tiered prizes down from there. So yeah, we've uh, we've got a we've got a sponsor. I'd like to expand it more, but uh, that's where we're at now. Well, I commend you for personally, you know, get, being involved to that degree. I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, get involved. And it might be an admin or something to put, you know, start putting up your own money. You know, that's uh, that's a whole another level and. Uh, and I certainly appreciate guys like you that do that kind of thing and, you know, give these people a, a place to race. Yeah, and the way I've got it structured, Mike, is is you can be a slow driver, but if you turn out consistently and are safe, you know, not, not a bad racer, you can make it all the way to the paid positions. Even if you were like uh, like me, I'm a I'm a, like a 1900 I rating guy, you can make it to my finals by just being consistent and surviving and running to the end and uh you know i see guys i see pro level guys come out each week and they just don't know how to run a full distance race because even even in the uh the pro series that you guys follow each week and uh you know for the grand prix racing they don't run full distance so most of the time so i run full distance all the time and uh there's just uh certain guys that know how to survive yeah i think that might be one reason i've stayed away a little bit with the full distance thing i'm i'm just not very keen on the three or four hour race. I think two is a lot for me, but uh, tell me about that. You'd think you would have more participation if you went to a shorter distance or, or, or is that really a defining part of the league? Uh, I guess for me, I, you know what? I think it stems from, I've always been a slow, I, I've been a mid pack driver. And so for me, the only way I can win against the faster guys is to have a full distance race where there's a little strategery of pit stops. I run a, Limited tire sets. So what I do, like for instance, for instance tonight, uh, the IndyCar race. There's only six sets of tires because IndyCar gave these guys nine sets of tires in real life, and I'm going to cut that down after you know virtual practice and qualifying. And these guys have six sets of tires, and we enforce it. I enforce it as an admin. So it 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 brings some of the st- strategy that you don't get in the iRacing official, even the World Tour Series that they run with, like the Indy 500. You can pit every time for tires if you wanted to. So it really it really puts onus on the guys a little more strategic. They don't have to be the fastest to still win. Right, right. Well, it certainly sounds interesting, and uh, and you're a bit, definitely a busy guy covering all these big events. Uh, and, and, and one more time, it's not just IndyCar. It could be a NASCAR oval race. It could be a 24-hour kind of endurance event. Uh, it can be road oval, and you know. So is it all those, right? Yeah, I'm a big IndyCar fan. So um, because I grew up with IndyCar before NASCAR, I like NASCAR. I basically put every IndyCar race on the Monday after the real race with the real weather, with the real distance, um, 
first and foremost and then and then i filled in all the nascar and formula one and sprint car and all that kind of stuff for example next week we're going to run a sports car night i don't have enough uh time to run every sports car race from imsa so i'm going to do one night where i do four races that are 30 minutes each but it'll go kind of the tracks are in between the six hours of the Glen and uh and the the petite le mans right well, very after, cool. Well, after that, we followed up with the Brickyard 400, and then we go back to I forget what's next after that. So you 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 got a schedule laid out, or you just kind of wait and look at the real racing schedule? Uh, how do you manage that? I mean, are you only planning out a, a week or so in advance, a couple days in advance? No, I have, I have the whole season planned out already. So in mid September. Our, our chase starts, and I have a mix of IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One. Uh, there's even some special events like the Oxford 250 and the super late models and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then actually after the racing season ends with the Ford, uh, the Ford EcoBoost 400 and the IndyCar race at Sonoma, I actually have some virtual races that you don't see anymore. For example, we're going to end our season with the old, the old IndyCar the IRO5 at Michigan. We're going to do a mission in six, 600 for the final race of the season. So I try to bring some old races back to life that you, you just don't get anywhere else. Nice. I love the variety, too. The, you know, you can, like you said, there's a lot of different things to race. Uh, well, very good. Uh, that's called Race Free or Die. Uh, we've been looking at your Facebook page here on the Twitch. Uh, so uh, check it out, folks. Uh, let's talk about you as a racer, though, Jason, uh, a little bit. Um, how did you get started on iRacing? Uh, when did you get started, and how did you hear about it? Um, I started all the way back with Papyrus in 1994 with the original NASCAR game. I was in college at the time. I was in college from 95 to, or I'm sorry, from 91 to 95. And uh, when I was in college, I just, I, I always, even before that, back in the 80s, late 80s, I went to the Long Beach Grand Prix with my dad. Uh, when Formula One was there, and my my dad's buddy was a advertiser for Bridgestone, which was the tire of of those days, and that's that's when I got kind of like saw my first race and got hooked. Then I went into in college. I started playing the NASCAR racing, you know, all the Papyrus game, every single one of the Papyrus games. Although after two thousand three, kind of i racing and sim racing fell off the radar, and it wasn't until two thousand twelve that I basically dusted off my wheel. And uh, actually, it was a it was a PC gamer. I used to get PC Gamer magazine. I read an article about the guy that covers sim racing and flight sims and all that stuff. And I I just kind of I kind of heard about iRacing for the first time. I heard it was the Papyrus guys, and I was like, well, I should be doing this because I used to love that stuff. Yep, same people. I I uh, one time when I was used to be in the army, I was in the army and at Tennessee, and they had the Hawaii servers, the mul first multiplayer. And I must have spent $200 a month on Hawaii. And I think the only reason I'm good at Talladega and Daytona is because I played so much darn multiplayer on Hawaii. And I kind of got my, my groove on with uh, with plate racing. And so I kind of, it's my specialty. Yep. Uh, that's kind of mine too. But uh, yeah, so you've been around a while. Uh, so how often do you race? If we look at your stats, it doesn't look like you do official stuff. Obviously, you're doing a lot of hosted and uh, league stuff, right? Yeah, I started off, uh, when I first started on iRacing, you know, I was just trying to work my way up through the license system. When I finally got the C fixed, I ended up in a bunch of races with a guy named Chris Scala. And you might know Chris from the Norgar League. Oh, yeah, uh, I know him. Yeah. 
me and Chris were always on the on the official. This is before I was ever in any league of ever. I was always next to Chris in the point standing in the in the official C series stuff. And I found out that Chris, through just talking to him in game, was a member of the Norgar League. So I started. I basically applied to my first league, and I I joined uh, Norgar TV League and ran in that. And I actually got booted out of that league because I was kind of a bad driver. And and so after I got kicked out of that league for kind of being a wrecker, uh, I really try to focus my skills and be a better racer and uh, run the Nortona 500 and all that stuff. And then uh, eventually um, started my own league again, like I said, because the, I found the iRacing World Tour Series a little bit lacking. I wanted a full year competition of like iconic races, short, small, big, long and they didn't have that, and they still don't. I I hope someday they do that, and then there will be no need for my league. Cool. So let's talk about your hardware. What kind of wheels, pedals do you have? How many mod? You have triples or? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry to answer your question. Mostly I race uh, before I go into that. Mostly I race on Mondays because of my league, All and right. I I try to sneak in whenever I can. Whenever my kind of my unofficial racing day is Monday. Every other day, I have to sneak it in because my wife says, you know, you got your honey-do list, you got four kids with activities, and I just kind of pick and choose when I can get an IndyCar race or a C-Fixed race in. Occasionally, I'll do a, uh, NIS, but I'm definitely not there for the whole season. Right. Um, I run, uh, I have a G27 wheel set that's kind of falling apart. I stopped using my uh, H-pattern shifter because my G27 fourth gear kind of meshes with my sixth gear, and it goes out of gear every once in a while now. I think that's from overuse. Yeah, could and be. Uh, I run triple monitors with uh, I don't know what they're called. They're like Dell twenty-seven inches or something. Perfect. All right, and uh, we talked about your league. Obviously, what kind of third-party software do you run? I used to run Track IR five uh, back before I had three monitors. And this this is a suggestion to everybody listening that uh, if you only have a single monitor, if you can get the Track IR head tracking stuff. Uh, that is great because it makes that one monitor feel like three, and then you can later expand. And monitors actually getting pretty cheap. You can expand the three monitors now if your graphics card can handle it. But uh, lately, my Track IR, I think one of my USB ports doesn't work anymore, and so every time I plug in my Track IR, it gives me like a voltage problem and shuts down my computer. So I actually haven't been able to use it. Ouch. But uh, I, other... I haven't talked to anybody that's actually used that. I've looked into that before, and I use. I have uh, my horizon set to shake and all that, so it kind of gets a head bobble thing going, which is similar, but not exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and so it, once I expanded from a single monitor to three monitors, I didn't feel like I had to have the track IR, which which has been the case. Right. But it, even with three monitors, it is really cool to have the head movement. Oh yeah. But I haven't I haven't had that for a while because I can't. I, I guess I have to take my computer in to get somebody to figure out the power supply. But it, yeah, throw some kind of voltage problem, and I never had that problem. I don't even think it's track IR. I think it's my my computer and the, its USB ports. I tried all the new ones versus old ports, and it doesn't work. Um, I'm like I said, I my spot. Yeah, you have that, Kyle. I got track IR. I purchased it for the hundred dollars, and I've like never used it because I had the same issue. I got it to work for like a day, and then my computer basically said, "Nope, not happening." You know, I'm gonna contact him. 
Uh, I used it for, a, I would say, a solid year before I had this problem. Um, I've tried different ports on my computers. It doesn't seem to fix it, so I'm not sure what it is. But I'm going to call them and see if I can... Uh, you know, I never really looked into how to fix it because I have the three monitors now, and I haven't really missed it that much. But when I did have three monitors, and that, it, it really is immersive. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, bought it. I bought it more because I do trucking simulator... So you can have that realism of swiveling your head to look out the side windows of the car and stuff. It really is a nice thing if it actually worked. Now, for the for us, those of us that are slow, Kyle, tell me what you're, you're talking about. This is something that you put on your head? Yeah, they actually send it with a hat, and it's a little clip that goes right on your uh, right on the visor of your hat, and it's got little sensors on it, and you have a sensor that you stick up on your monitor in front of you and it picks up your movement, and you can adjust the sensitivity to it and everything else. It literally picks up your every movement of your head, and it'll swivel. So if you turn your head left to look at your mirror, it will turn the monitors with you. Yeah, and, and to add what Kyle's saying, there's another version, which is the one I have, which uh, the, the simple version, you wear like a, a baseball cap, and you, you attach this basically reflective, think of it like a reflective running vest, and there is a sensor that goes up on your monitor. But they also have one that is actually like a, a corded powered version that has three bright, let's just call them IR spokes or, you know, you know bright lights. And uh, that's the one that attaches to like your headset. You don't have to wear a hat, like a baseball hat. And um, the other thing you do is you, you don't want to make it where you have to turn your head 45 degrees to turn 45 degrees in game. You basically magnify your head movement, so if you turn your head maybe 15, 20 degrees, it looks 45 degrees to your left or right. Right. But the, but the other the other the main sponsor of my league is I Analyze Racing, and uh, I'm just starting to get into that. Um, it the very short version of what I Analyze Racing is. It's two parts. It's basically like telemetry based browser because you know iRacing comes with the Atlas. Uh, telemetry system, but it's kind of hard hard to use. Um, I analyze racing as like a, t a browser-based version of that, and then it also has essentially what an iPhone Siri voice command is. And uh, the gentleman that runs I analyze racing has offered to send me that, and uh, I just haven't loaded it yet. But some of my guys that run in the league use it. It's really cool. Yeah, I've heard about it and uh, read about it as well. I haven't tried it myself. Uh, it's my it's my intention to actually add it into my broadcast the league because this year even though i run the league i used to run in the league i basically have stepped back to the broadcaster booth to try to give better coverage for my league uh and uh i want to use the i analyze software during the league races to showcase it but i have not done that yet i'm going to do it at least by the chase nice so are you part of a team at all or you just run by yourself when you run or um as far as teams, uh, because my league is so big and I have a, a core group of uh, Race for Your Die league members, what I typically do is I run I run a Race for Your Die league, I'm sorry, a Race for Your Die team for all the major iRacing endurance events like the Nürburgring 24. Oh, I see. So I basically will go onto my Facebook page and say, hey, gentlemen, if you're not already on a team you know, or dedicated and you want to run this event, 
I've already produced the teams for the cars. You know, I have a bunch of, like, five of them. I'll field one to five cars each major event. And just I'll just kind of throw the guys that are interested. Uh, usually we're not racing uh, for the top split. <laughs> it's just kind of fun, survive, and have the experience. Oh, you bet. All right, and our final uh, interview question here uh, before we jump into show topics. Uh, most memorable iRacing moment? Uh, that's an easy one. Uh, my first year, again, I said I ran the Nortona League or the – the Nordgar TV League and uh, a bunch, a bunch of really, really high I rating guys. I mean, like uh, Justin. Yeah, Bolton I was in that league too. Yeah, me and you have raced and been in the back before together. Yep. Uh, so I would say my most memorable I racing event was the very first inaugural date, uh, Nortona 500. I made it through the qualifying, which was hard enough in an in and of itself. I, it took me like ten heat races to get in the top three, win a heat race, get into the race. Uh, I raced the whole race. Uh, it came down to me, Chris Gala again, uh, um, Bobby Cheney, who runs the SRA League, and uh, uh, Dust. Was Dustin's last name? Why am I blanking? Anyways, Dustin's Dustin uh, Dustin Lee, Dustin and Lee. it came to a it came to a four car race at the very end. Uh, Lee was working with me. Scala and uh, and Bobby Cheney were ahead. Two to go. We were about. Four Two seconds behind, and they had a little snafu with a mix-up with a, a, a back in the switch days where you had a partner and switch because you would overheat. Oh yeah. And me and Dustin caught on to those guys, and it came into like a lap last, you know, classic Daytona Talladega battle, and uh, basically wrecked off four. I got fourth place or sixth place, but uh, it was really really fun. Yeah, those races are a blast. And uh, Nordtona is still happening these year these days. They're that league pops up on occasion when he's available. I've I've seen him and run with him a couple times this year. Yeah, I, I the second year, like I said, I got I don't have have any any ill feelings with those guys. They kicked me out because I was a bad racer at the time and and I deserved it. So uh, I didn't make the second year, but the third year uh, I went back into there and made it into the race and made it all the way to a little bit past halfway before I got wrecked. Yep. Yep, and I think it's a little more casual over there um, with Nord. But, uh, okay, well, very good, Jason. Let's jump to topics. Uh, Brad, what do we got next? The uh, Peak Antifree Series has been back in action, and um, it has a race at Chicagoland, and um, pretty much just a race back and forth between Ray Alfala and P.J. Sturgios. Uh, multiple green flag stops, a lot of good side-by-side racing for the lead. Um, the two of them pretty much just kind of contested it uh, the whole race. Um, uh, they had last set of green flag pit stops, and P.J. ended up with about a two-and-a-half second lead. Um, kept kept the lead and ended up winning it. Alfala probably caught some, uh, some lap traffic or had some issues getting into the pit stops is what was speculated. But uh, ended up, you know, getting that gap there to him. Um, so as far as the results, you had uh, P.J. Sturgios was the got the win. Ray was second. Chris Overland third. Tyler Hurst fifth, fourth, and then Justin Bolton was fifth. Uh, looking at the <clears throat> excuse me, looking at the standings, uh, Ray Alfala still has a lead with P.J. Sturgios. Uh, in second, uh, only 11 points back. So uh, it's really going to be a two-man race, I think, for the rest of the season between the two of them. Kenny Humpy's there, but uh, he is uh, about 80 laps in the rears. So the um, Racing World Championship Grand Prix uh, did run this past Saturday. They ran at uh, Motegi. 
Uh, not much info on the race, um, but I believe it was uh, Hutu with the win. Martin Kroenke was second, and then um, podium also was Oli Fakala, if I said that right. Right. Looking at the uh, standings, Kroenke still with the lead, uh, Hutu in second. Um, only about 15 points back or so, so not not, not much of a, of a gap there either, so... Um, like I said, unfortunately, not much info on the uh, the Grand Prix series. The last couple races, we haven't gotten much. Yeah, somebody's taking a vacation or something. Yeah, that's hard to find that. coverage. Yeah, I guess, and it's one of those races that's you know for for us guys on this side of the uh, the pond, it's it, it's early Saturday mornings. Hey, uh, PJ is one of my league members, and he ran in. Uh, he's not a regular, but he ran in some of the special events, like we ran a Lotus Forty Nine race at Michigan, and he and his teammates were very, very powerful in that one. All wa- walked away with money, but it's it's kind of cool because I got guys in both the Pro and the Oval Series that run in my league on occasion. Yeah, that keeps everyone honest, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, they come in and do lay down, lay down the law on these guys, and uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, we kind of we deal with that uh, on Monday nights in the the league that a few of us run in. So we have a few pros that are in there also. So next up for peak is uh, tomorrow night at Kentucky Speedway. Um, they'll be there under the lights, so it should be a good race. I'm kind of interested after we just got done racing there how uh, things go for the uh, pros. It, it'll be a, a shot show, as I say. I don't know. They uh, well, we'll get into that when we talk about our races. Wasn't that now? Yeah, let's talk NIS, huh? Well, speaking of which, we went to. I don't know, we went to. We didn't cover Daytona, did we? Because we had a week off. Yeah, we had a week off for the four, so it's been anyway, a couple weeks. Yeah, some of us did run special paints for, uh, you know, Fourth of July weekend. And I don't know. Just, I don't know if anyone else really did or not, but I don't know. It's just cool to see, uh, tributes, I guess, to the red, white, and blue. Yeah. yeah. I mean- Nice that, that paint, you know, that paint. That's uh, it's a nice change to do something every now and then. So I think there yep. was what three of us on our team that maybe ran a different paint. I think so. I pretty much just took Brad's paint and put my own logos on there, and pretty pretty much made it look similar. Yeah, she stole it. That's okay. Now, now I have a question. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about someone like me who's never? actually painted their car other than the iRacing paint shop. That's that's all good, man. I mean, I've been like you, Jason. I got into this, you know, back in 95, so I've been a, a sim racer for a long time, so I've been painting cars for, for years, So, but that's all good. Yeah, I, I use the... Uh, the I, ha- I have a, a, a yellow front end, a blue middle, and a black... Uh, tail end of my car that I found an eye racing scheme that kind of transfers kind of like a flame paint job and I've used that one forever because it's my high school colors and my college football colors yeah there you go well it's so easy I mean you don't have to be a painter I mean because trading paints really makes it easy now to you know go in and select other people's paints and run them yeah I use trading paints but uh, have they ever fixed it where the team paint jobs actually work nowadays yes Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, they've done a lot of work with uh, tradingpaints.com, uh, and I think everything's working over there. I don't know of anything not working, so I am a pro, a pro member a subscriber over there. Yeah, so am I, so that, everything seems to be working well. 
Yeah, and I like the uh, the 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 thing I like the most about it is the night and day different paint schemes. So I have a one paint scheme for the day and a different one for the night. And whatever race I jump into, it'll switch it automatically, obviously. Really? I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, so that's one of yeah. the benefits of being a pro member at, at Trading Paints. I I found that the I I'm sorry, the Trading Paints website was actually not blocked at my work and I was tempted to get get the pro to actually start doing that stuff. There you go. Okay, so Daytona, Carlos, uh, how did yeah, you do? That. Oh, how did I do? I don't I don't even know if I want to talk about Daytona for myself, but I don't know. I guess I could ask you guys that, but let's see. I got a ninth in the open and a 13 in the fix, and those are just one time each. I didn't even bother trying again because, well, it's Daytona. I hate Daytona. Well, I mean, it's actually fun, but not when you get wrecked. So what did you guys do? Well, I I'll, I'll, I'll jump in point. next. I mean, first of all, it was full-length race, which, you know, everyone knows I don't really like all these full-length races was really hoping it was half uh, a regular distance, but it wasn't. Uh, we, I have some notes here because it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Wednesday, Jose Pabon, teammate, uh, took the pole. I qualified second. On Thursday, Jose and myself both got the pole. Um, and then on Friday, both Jose and myself both qualified second. So I think me and him got something down there for qualifying, that's for sure. Uh, and then Saturday, I qualified second uh, again. So, uh, as far as how I ran, you know, you know I did finish uh, third on Saturday. Um, I, on Wednesday, you know, I ran top five all day. First green flag stop came. The leaders ducked off. The third place guy, I was running fourth. He just stayed on the track but hit his brakes. Like, you know, he he was going to pit, but he didn't. You know, he, like, slowed down to pit, but he didn't pull off the track. And so I just plowed him, you know, right in the back really hard and wow. killed the car. Uh, finished 14th that night. What about you, Brad? How'd you do? That's eh, typical plate race. So open was 7th, um, 14th and fixed. Um, you know, it's just... Got caught up in the fixed race and, and you know, Red was running up in the top five and somebody got loose in the trioval and ended up with damage. So, you know, you spend the next, I don't know, 80 laps riding around in the back and just trying to survive and get what you can get. Uh, you know, it's plate races. I hate them. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> guess I'll talk about our other teammates here. Brad Miller, he didn't do so well on open, but that's not too bad, actually. 14th place and... Got a fourth and fixed, which looks like the best finish of our team that week, and fixed at least. Kyle? Yeah. Oh, crap, we got Kyle here, don't we? Kyle, are you there? Well, he was there. And then Lance, I wasn't sure if you ran. Are you still on? Yeah, I'm still here. Now, you had a brake problem, but you ran a couple races before that, right? Um, actually, tonight uh, with uh, Integrity is going to be my first race back, providing I make it. Uh, okay, very good. And, and remind right. everyone why you've been away and why you're just now coming back. I have a couple reasons. I had a I had a brake cell issue um, on my Fanatex, and uh, I, I burned myself out last year. I was just racing too much and uh, involved in too many things, and uh, I decided I need a break and did some other things. 
Yep, and here you are. You're chomping at the bit. You got a race tonight. Yep, back after it. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you're still there. I'm here. Okay, how'd you run at Daytona? <laughs> I personally love plate racing, but uh, I started my week. I missed the open race or the fixed race on uh, Wednesday because of work. Went into the uh, Wednesday night race and lap two got taken three wide coming across the start finish line. And I just kind of had the nervous jitter, I guess you could say. I ended up just <laughs> tapping the leader and became YouTube famous because Jeff Fabiano's got it on on YouTube. But uh, it pretty much ended my night. I don't even remember stats. I'm not home in front of my computer right now, but. That's pretty much how my whole week went, really. I, I qualified really well and then just got dumped in, you know, the typical Daytona pack racing. So, so, so wait a minute. You're running really up, front up front and you make a mistake and you dump the entire field? Yeah. Uh, oh. David, Butter, David Butterworth started in front of me. I started fourth. He started second. He ended up coming down and door slamming the leader. Um, coming out of coming through three and four, I believe it was, and that just kind of gave me the nervous nellies because I'm behind this guy that's not holding the line, and I don't want to get up on him or anything like that because it's only lap two. And the next thing you know, I go to drift up behind him because he looks like he's steadied out, and then my spotter all of a sudden says three wide, so I turn a little bit left. Well, then the leader's right rear corner panel is right there. And if you watch the video, I barely touched him in the corner. I mean, it, it could have even been net code, and it literally took out probably 15 cars. That's a lot of angry people. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I was called every name under the sun. And then I, I, uh, I felt the pain from it all week because two of the guys, um, you know, the guy that I wrecked, he didn't say anything that night, but the next night he came into my race and his spotter immediately because I qualified second. His pot spotter immediately started yapping his mouth off at me, and I just kind of, you know, just let it go, whatever. And I ended, and he ended up actually um, pitting, and I pitted, and I ended up behind him, and his spotter was already pissing and moaning at me. I was like, well, screw it. If, if he thinks I'm that awful of a racer, I'm not going to push him back up to the pack. And I told him that, and so he started jetting, you know, back and forth across the track, trying to get me to draft with him and everything, and I would just, you know, switch lanes, and well, then finally he clipped me on the front strip, wiped us both out, and he proceeded to call me every name under the sun, and uh, that was actually going to be my first protest I ever filed, but the file that I saved was too big, so I couldn't, I couldn't send the protest. Wow, crazy week for you, huh? Yeah, it was awful. I was ready to get out of there. <laughs> Kyle, I do the same thing when somebody does that to me. They screw over in a plate race. You just don't help them. And uh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, you know. I mean, everyone's made a mistake like, like that where you rack up 15 cars or something. Everyone's done it. You know, it's going to happen. It's a racing incident. It's not like he meant to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a clean, I'm a clean guy. Usually, I mean, Jeff's not here tonight, but that's how I got recruited to this race team. You know, I was running in the lead at Las Vegas earlier this year, and uh, apparently I was having some 
some flashing problems that, you know, I, I traditionally never have any issues whatsoever, but, you know, he says, hey, uh, you mind dropping to the back? I mean, I dropped to the back out of the lead because I was flashing. That's how I am. I'm not going to wreck a field over right. ignorance, you know what I mean? So and that's just how I am. So to get bashed like that by somebody during pretty much this entire race, two-thirds in, now all of a sudden he wants my help, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Carlos, who else did we not mention? Uh Jose had some nice runs. Now, seeing that he got what a tenth and open and a fifth and fix, and I don't know, did he have any bad luck like he usually does in some of the races? Because I don't really didn't follow his whole week. Yeah, I think he had one race where he was in position to win and had an issue late. No, I think he had another problem with his brakes, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so, or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, I don't know. Moving on, we had Jonas Hankins, also a tenth. And open yeah. and no looks like no result and hey that, that's Ho- that's Jose from uh, New Jersey. Yep. Yep. Uh he's another league member. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, I, I ran. I did not run the NIS, but I did get one win in Daytona and it allowed me to shave my beard because I was not going to shave till I won. Oh, and perfect. I got it. I got it, and I thought I'll see fix or something like that. But yeah, I lo- I love plate racing. I look forward to. It's like Shark Week for me. Oh yeah, I'm the same way. I was expecting a win myself. I ended up with a third. I'm a little disappointed, actually. So I do want to mention one thing that happened unusual. Never happened to me before. I always love to hang out on the outside lane, and usually nobody wants to go out there with me. I was actually in a race, and I don't I don't remember the gentleman's name, but I was in first place. He said, "Move up to the outside groove." I was a little hesitant because I was going to run the white, the yellow line. And he's like, no, trust me. And this guy proceeded to push me for, I don't know, 20 or 30 laps on the outside. And just like an actual NASCAR race, we actually prevailed with guys on the inside on the outside. I gave up the inside, and we won. And I was surprised because he was a good pusher. It can be hard up there. Yeah, I always go outside if I can. I hate being bottled up on the inside. I'm the same way. I love that outside line, love side drafting. Me too. Um, I, I, anybody goes out there, even a sniff, I'll go up there to show them intent, and I'll stay out there to show them that I intend to stay out there, and that's how you get to the front. Right. All right, let's move on from Daytona, uh, Kentucky. Uh, I'll start with my uh, Kentucky. Uh, I was wrecked twice. Uh, excuse me. I wrecked by myself twice. <laughs> I think it was off of uh, two and just spinning down to the bottom, you know, on the late exit. Uh, and, you know, there were three other times in that race on Wednesday I was wrecked in other people's stuff where they'd wreck in front of you. There's nowhere to go. I think I got up to 20 incidents and I almost got a DQ, but I actually finished 24th. Wow. Uh, yeah. Thursday, another bad run. Friday, I had a great run. I don't know what the difference was. I was telling Carlos, why did I run so good Friday? Because uh, uh, Sunday, actually, I ran bad, too. But uh, Friday, I ran top 15 all night and finished 8th. But I cannot figure out why. Uh, And then uh, Sunday, I got caught up early in a big wreck with a blown engine. So, Well, I think a lot of it's got to do, Mike, depends on who you're racing with. yeah, that depending on who's in the race, it really dictates yeah. take, dictates the uh, the pace of the race, and then just you know how everything goes. 
Yeah, I think maybe people were just laying back, and I wasn't, and that's why I was up there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the difference between fixed and, and open also. You know, I mean, like, my, my week at open was good. Um, ended up with a P8 in open. Um, you know, it had, a, like you did, had an early race spin. We had green flag stops and came back out just – car was so fast and catching guys I hadn't pitted yet and um you know going into to one and and kind of had to force the issue ended up taking a three wide just clipped the apron down at the bottom and looped it um was pretty irritated with myself with that but managed to rally back ended up with an eighth um Saturday ended up having to run the uh, noon fixed race uh got put in the top split and uh just a miserable race caution filled so much yelling screaming everybody sucks and everything like this and it's just i hate top splits those are my weekly headaches yeah i just don't understand i mean you know things happen it's just you get tired of listening to people cry about every little thing so you know had a good race was running up in the top 10 we had one long green flag run to the end and I just got too aggressive and burned the tires off trying to stay up in the top 10. It ended up drifting back to 15th, so I only had opportunity to run two races this week, so I'll take it and move on. Well, you, get to, you get to thank me for that 8th place you got an open? Yeah, yeah. That? Yeah, you were up there. You got, you guys went three wide and split, and I uh, just kind of drove right through the middle of y'all, so that, yeah. was, uh, that was a heck of a save you had, and I had a similar one on... Uh, on Saturday, on Saturday, had a guy just throw it in underneath me, going into one, and just door slammed me. And the car was about 45 degrees all the way through one and two. And uh, I really don't know how I saved it. My wife was sitting back behind me watching, and she just was like, "Oh my gosh, I thought you were dead." And I was like, "Yeah, I thought <laughs> I was dead too." But uh, you know, it's just again back to the, you know, it's just I get I get frustrated with people that just complain about every little thing. You know, and um, that's why I mute. Yeah, but I, I really don't like to do that because uh, someone could call out a wreck and I don't hear it. But you know, it just it gets annoying after a while. Yeah, I've know. gotten really, I've gotten really good at muting specific drivers. Oh, that's pretty much something you got to do nowadays. There's just some people that don't, you know. Let's just say shut up on the while racing. I get under caution, you know, regular chatting here and there, but while I have a, racing. I have a, I have a question, question for you gentlemen. So uh, do you guys like the open setups where you can modify the, the, the car during the race to, to suit the conditions, or do you like the fixed more? Uh, open all the way. Open, yeah. We run both open and fixed, but I think we prefer open. Well, I used to like fixed when the setups were, well, really loose, but now they're just all... Inconsistent, let's say. Yeah, it's, it's it's been my experience. Even if you start off with a crappy fix setup, or at least an eye racing fixed, you can at least work on it during the race. You don't have to really be a a, a pro level guru to to make some good adjustments. And I I just encourage people listening to the podcast that uh, don't be afraid of open setups. Uh, if you just learn some basic adjustments, it, they turn out pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah none, none of us are engineers here, so it's a lot of trial yeah, and error. Yeah, and we group together in teams, uh, at least over here in NIS, so most everyone's on a team, so. 
Yeah, I, I run my league as an open setup, and I get a lot of, I actually get messages sent to me, hey, I joined your league, but it's open setup. I'm kind of scared. I just tell these guys, just join, run the fix. Some of my best racers run the fix and just do subtle, subtle changes to them during the race, and they, they finish, and they do well. Yeah. So I, I want to mention points. Uh, Brad, you're leading the team, Tifosi. Uh, in in the points, you're first in division two. Uh, congratulations uh, for leading. And I looked at uh, overall points, uh, which is w what I kind of follow for the year end results. Uh, you're running twentieth overall. Yeah, really, really surprised, but uh, you know, it's uh, I, I've enjoyed the open series a lot this year. So it's uh, so you know, I think it's one thing to run fixed and. You know, because you're beating just the driver, but it's another thing to me when you can run open and can adjust the car, and and you know you get both sides of it to get the driver and the 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 crew side of it together. So uh, I appreciate it. It's uh I'm having fun. Well, keep it up. I mean, it's early in the season to be running that well, and uh, I'm sure you can keep it, you know, and even do better. And Carlos and and myself are running on page two of the results. Uh huh. And in page three, if you look at fixed, but uh, we're coming. Hopefully, we'll catch up. That's good. It's good. So, uh, touch base. Well, Carlos, how did your uh, your Kentucky go? Well, I think the first race I did was well that one where I almost got spun, and what gave you that eighth place? I should have been that eighth place, but still. Nah. Besides that, I think I'm. Oh no, I did another open the Thursday afternoon time slot they got now. I did that and there's only twenty four cars and I finished twenty third out of twenty four. It was just miserable. I ended up touching the barely touching the wall with my right rear and it slammed me into the wall after that because well, you're coming out of turn two, I think it was. You see where the safer barrier ends? I barely yep. touched that exit and it made the front end pitch right into it. And that gave me a minute and a half optional for what seemed like minor contact. It was even a zero X. Yeah, we hit it just right. Yeah, so I made a stupid decision to, instead of just riding it out, I came down pit road under green and fixed it. You know, I lost, well, quite a bit of laps doing that. It didn't help that I hit the wall again later, so just had a terrible race. And that wasn't open, but I turned it around the next day and Friday. I think it was. Got a fifth, which I don't even know how. I don't even remember running that well, but somehow made it up to fifth, and that was a good finish for me. And a fixed same similar story. Did didn't do so well on Thursday, but kind of stepped it up for the what was that Saturday or I don't remember. I think that was my Thursday night. Well, I don't know. Anyway, sixth place, I'll take it. And I decided to say, screw it, I'm leaving. I'm done with fix this week. Yeah, that's two top yeah. tens there, man. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Kyle? We lose Kyle again? Yeah. Oh. Kentucky is a track that I I just always traditionally do well at. And I don't know why. It's just the speedway that I do well at. But qualified up front all week, all the races I ran, I believe it was Thursdays, no, Wednesday nights open, I ended up getting a fourth place run, um, could have won that race, but we had one, we had two quick cautions within the first 15 laps, and we ran a full fuel run, 
And right as I'm coming down the backstretch, I announced that I was pitting in. And right as soon as I let go of the mic button, I had an eight-tenths eight of a gallon of fuel left. And the caution came out. So I decided to stay out. I ran out of fuel. Wow. I was able to coast it in and get fuel. And I brought it back around. We had a foreigner in there that was talking all race about how we were all junk. And he didn't practice at all. And he ended up wrecking probably 20 cars out of that out of that field and just with his aggressive driving and he ended up finishing like fifth or something like that but he ruined a lot of guys guys nights that night including mine he ended up getting me tangled up in a little bit of the mess and actually the guy that won the race ended up was on pit road for about five minutes for repairs at one point but uh as far as the fixed series goes that wasn't as well i i got caught up in some wrecks Mainly lap cars. Again, these lap cars, every week it seems to be the same, same thing. They just, they can't move over. Again, the Sonoma, we talk about it. You know, there's really no place to move over. But at a speedway, you know the racing groove. If you're a lap car and you're multiple laps down, there's no need for you to be up in the racing groove wrecking the leaders and stuff. And that's what happened to me in my fixed races Right up to well, last night, I ended up getting shoved up into the marbles in one and two and lost the car, popped the motor, and I sat on pit road, came out of pit road with a new motor and spun out right, trying to uh, merge back out of the track, popped the motor again, and I just said, screw it, and took an eighth place this week. Wow. Well, fourth and eighth not I bad. Moved myself to, well, I moved myself up to second, and uh, I believe second in the open. No, third in the open and second in the fixed standings. So, trying to track down Nathan Tippy. He's got about a 300 plus point lead on me. Well, you're digging that lead. You're digging into the lead, though, right? Yeah, a little bit. I've been running with him these last two weeks. He's actually been in my split. He's he's one of those guys that likes to drop his rating right before the season to get into a lower division, and and he always bump, brings his rating up real quick, and he runs in the higher splits and. Makes more points, gets, right? Yeah, it gets a few more points. <laughs> I've never been able to do that. I've tried it. doesn't work for me. Yeah, he there's some people race. that do that. He's, if you look at his stats, he's got something like 500-plus incidents, but he's he's still a points leader. Well, uh, touching on some of the other guys, uh, Day Smith had a second and open and a 15th and fixed. Uh, Matt Bowley, our, our one-and-done guy, I got a third and open, which is great, and a tenth and fixed. And wow. Was, I mean, yeah. he keeps every week getting top tens. That's unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, Matt, Matt's doing good. So, and Jose grabbed a 16th and open and a tenth and fixed. So, Brad Miller with the fourth and uh, open. And uh, it's like uh, not a good race in the fix with a 20th. So, well, was apparent. that the one where he got, got I'm guessing killed that, by Jose? Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing that's the one where Jose and. Turned to turn this car into a missile and decided to kill Brad. Oh my! That was just probably the most violent one single, you know, two car wreck I've ever seen. And it's teammates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that happens. But he think... felt so bad about it. We we got to make that clear that Jose felt really bad about that. Yeah, he did. He's a clean driver, but. All right, well, good to Kansas, uh, Kentucky. Uh, New Hampshire's up next, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, God. Let's, let's jump to the next topic. Uh, 
iRacing announced that uh, the 24 hours of Spa is going to be GT3 only. Uh, the Audi, Audi R8, Mercedes AMG, BMW Z4, and the McLaren MP4-12C. And the Ford GT. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that they're modeling the actual race, and the race is all GT3s anyway. And they would like you to Twitter your team paint job to the hashtag iRacingSpa24, and they will retweet, retweet their favorites. Yep, so we need to get busy, Carlos. Well, Mike, Mike, hey guys, what's the date for that? Uh, when are they running that? 7th and uh, 8th of August. Are they, still doing, are they still doing where they have four time slots? Because that seems to be a point of contention. Yeah, they're, they're running multiple slots. Yeah, we were kind of complaining about that last uh, endurance race, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I wish they would uh, get... A get away from that if it's server related i guess you can't get away from it but it it just seems 24 hour race you should have one time slot right let's make it a special event you know it's not special if there's four times to run it you know oh let's, we we junked our car and turn one lap one let's just run the next event you know it, and i'm guilty i ran i ran the uh the nurburgring green race and we did that we junked our car in the first three or four hours and we we skipped out and went to the next race yeah, but you did it because you could do it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like having the constrict the constrict the amount of racing, the quantity, so that it it is you have to be more careful. Right, right, and I really think the twenty four hour races should be just a, a one and done. Agreed. I'll be fielding for I'll be uh, fielding cars for that. So if you guys want to race and you don't have any partners, come join the race for your die. We'll we'll put a car out there for each each race. Nice. There you go. All right. Well, we had a uh, iRacing development update blog by Steve Myers, and it's uh it's quite long, so I'm not gonna to hit on everything, but I did want to, to highlight a few things. Um, he started out talking about the DDoS attacks and uh, about how frustrated they are, and uh, how much time they've spent trying to thwart. You know all the attacks. So, um, you know, he's kind of touched on a lot of the stuff that's been going on. Um, so he had seen some comments on Facebook and Twitter, you know, asking why people why we're focusing so much on dirt as opposed to focusing on pavement. You know, and he went on to reiterate that uh, he wouldn't believe that the development of dirt surfaces uh, has actually helped the pavement side a lot. So um, they did announce that there'd be three uh, models or versions of the super late model when it's released. It'll be a super late, a limited late, and a late model stock. And really, really the only difference between these will be the engines. Um, and then they're also planning to do a uh, street stock version um, as far as a dirt car. Um, and then they've also scanned a winged dirt sprint car. So that was a, that was a, some forum posts and some tweets last week about that. Still working on um, you know getting Eldora and Williams Grove done, and they've put some pictures out. Um, in the last couple of weeks, um, in regards to that, uh, did some more announcing as far as with the, the uh, Ford Fiesta uh, Global Rally Cross car, working on the physics, and they've already modeled a handbrake, um, and then they're also planning that the uh, next track to be released should be Le Mans. Um, so they, they they're trying to get it done for September build. Um, you know, like we talked about before, just a, a lot of artwork in this one. But they did say that uh, there would be no uh, day-to-night transitions. That's not ready yet. 
It won't be ready in time for the release of the track, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Still working on that. So um, they did announce that they're they're planning to phase in the new uh, user interface by the end of the year, um, and like they did with DX11, uh, this will be a beta version um, on the initial release. Um, and also talked about uh, you know with Oz, with the Aussie Greg Hill, you know all the work he's been doing um, as far as the sounds, and um, the main thing I picked up on was they talked about this animation project which they have posted some videos if you guys remember before we got the new lollipop guy right um but they've been spent spent a significant amount of time working on a new driver model and new pit crew guys and they're hoping that the new driver model will be in the september build and also probably the pit guys so the two guys that are normally standing over there by the pit box um should hopefully start to see them with some animations uh, to them, so and I, you know, this is still kind of all working towards, I guess, you know, actual uh, animated pit crews at some point. Lots so. of details there, boy. Yeah, it's nice when when Steve Myers does these. I think he's, you know, it's it's like a can't... brain dump. He's like, yeah. you know, every three months he does a brain dump for us, and yeah, you know, he called him. I think that's at one point the cat herder blog or whatever, but. uh you know, it's nice. We've said before, it's nice that they they kind of do open up that door a little bit to give us some more information as far as what's going on. Yep. Yep. Enjoy that. It's a good read. All right. I guess next we have a little, just a little video here. Uh, something to do with the iRacing senior programmer Dan Garrison working hard under. It's just a little, little, I guess, funny clip if you watch carefully in the background. I don't know, Twitch users should be able to see this, but he's just, what's he doing, like messing with a plant? Yeah, he like pulls the plant out of the, he's sitting at a desk, you know, in a typical office, and he pulls the plant out of the jar, and he's like playing with the dirt and like rubbing it between his fingers, and and it's kind of funny. It's one of these Will Vincent videos we talked about last time, I believe, Will, we've looked at a different Will Vincent video oh, where yeah. he's the announcer for the Grand Prix races, and he visited iRacing, and they shot a bunch of these little funny snippets. I saw yeah. one tonight. It was very funny. Yeah, I think there's a new one out. Uh, this one was out, uh, a, a, when was it? A little couple weeks ago. But uh, it was kind of funny to see the guy in the background playing with the dirt, I thought, you know. Yep. Uh, the other thing there they put out, it was a Twitter, uh, somebody Twittered, I don't know if he's an iRacing employee, must be, but he was scanning a Sprint dirt car with the big wing on the top, and uh, they got the scanning gear, and they're in a race shop, and they're, they're scanning real dirt cars, people. It's coming. I wonder if they'll have different kinds, because I, I saw some people, I do short track racing, and I saw some people want the 410 sprint cars and the 360. I wonder if they're going to have all those different versions. Don't I don't know. know. It, yeah. Don't know about that, but I think that's an actual race car, so it's probably a particular version. Uh, next up uh, on our topics is uh, uh well, I want to say Bush driver, but he's actually a uh, Xfinity driver, I believe. Ryan Ellis, no relation to me. Uh, he is a getting involved in iRacing, and he bought a simulator from Carolina Carolina SimWorks 
and he got a play seat with triple monitors and all this. And anyway, he twittered out a picture of his setup that he's very proud of. And I just want to pick on him a little bit because his FOV is all wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to have it set up there, that's fine. Hopefully, he's at least calculating all his 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 uh his measurements right. Because if you if you're going to run it that way, it's fine as long as you're putting the right information in there. It'll still be somewhat accurate. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it looks like the steering wheel is a good three feet from the center. I monitor. know, I know, I know. But you know, so hey. Ryan, if you're out there listening, we're picking on you. Uh, and the other thing I'd say is, you know, hey, he bought this from a a company called Carolina Simworks who specializes in se- selling these kind of setups. I would hope that that company would see this and go, oh, my God, we we have our name on this. We want to get this fixed. Well, when that tweet, you know, they were there setting it up. So I thought about that myself. They, you know, so they were there to set it up for him, which is a little discouraging. But yeah. Uh, anyway. So speaking about, you know, Xfinity Racers, uh, there was a video posted by Bubba Wallace on NASCAR.com of him doing some iRacing at NASCAR headquarters. And um, pretty neat. He was turning some laps at Sonoma. So, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, you watch the video, and I guess they didn't have the the setup just right because he had to go in and recalibrate stuff. But, uh, you know, looking at the video, here we are, you know, two weeks ago when this was done, 36,000 views. So, yeah, that's amazing. That's a lot of views for iRacing, so can't complain there. Yeah, it's like a it's like a commercial, you know. He he does a short video about iRacing. He gets thirty six thousand views of it. How many new eyeballs saw iRacing for the first time? You know, exactly. Love it. All right, Carlos, what do you got next? Oh crap! Oh, let's see. I think he was talking about that. I guess a was it a screenshot of the new dirt car? Or something like that. Yeah, they send some pictures out of the super late model. So it's a high res picture if you click on it. Oh yeah, it. it looks. It's actually really detailed. Even without clicking on it, you can see how they've done a really well job, you know, replicating the inside of this car. But and you can see. And the other thing that's neat about the high res picture, when I looked at it, was if you look out at the grandstands uh, beyond the wall of the track. You can see, like, they got the artwork kind of there, but it's only half there. It's like they just kind of got it roughed in. You know, it's not well, like it's, finished. Yeah, that's that's the point cloud as far as with the scan. So each one of those dots is a is a scan. That's where right. the point cloud. It's just kind of cool to look at it like that, and uh, you know, a track that's a work in progress, so to speak. Yep, that's pretty neat. You can pretty much see you there in that picture of that. The track's textures aren't quite done yet, but that that's Eldora, I believe, in it. Uh, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I will do some kind of ridiculously long race there when they come out with that. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to dirt for sure. Uh, next up is uh, one of our favorite drivers, Ty, Majus- Ty Majeski, who's the highest oval irater at I-rating iRacer in the service at over 10,000 I-rating. Uh, he is uh, got iRacing.com on his hood still, like we talked about before. He posted up a picture 
uh, and it ended up uh, getting reposted by iRacing on Facebook of his 91 iRacing uh, Ford Fusion, uh, and he's getting ready to race at Slinger Speedway on Sunday, uh, prepping for the Nationals. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat. Uh, I protest. I am number 91. That is BS. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Hopefully he's got the real race car driving, though, going on. He's really good. So I watched his race. At, you know, I do the the Oxford 250 and the uh, the Snowball. I've watched him race, and he is really good. I even watched him at the, I want to say it was, uh, what's the what's the Virginia track? The Hamptons, the CIA one. Right can't remember the name, sorry. It's V-I-R, they call it, right? No, it's, it, it's the one, Langley, <laughs> the CIA, oh, right. Langley. I watched him race on uh, on YouTube at Langley, and he, he cleaned their clock, man. He's really good in real life. Yeah, oh, he, yeah. He got the the deal with Roush Fenway, a development driver. So carrying over from the real world to now we've got the, there was an article posted about Darren Cox launches a virtual eSport pro race team. And if uh, the name Darren Cox doesn't ring a bell, this is the guy that was, that is headed up uh, Nismos, which is, I guess, Nissan's motorsports, global motorsports director and marketing manager. Um, he ran the GT Academy, which was a program to get uh, sim racers from basically, I guess, Forza, or so was what they were using into actual real, real or Gran Turismo, sorry, into uh, into real cars. So he has um, launched a virtual sports pro race team um, to start competing in esports. Um, it's pretty interesting, um, although they could have picked some better sims in my opinion. But yeah, I didn't realize it wasn't i racing until you said that. Yeah, they're using um, Forza. Uh, why would they use iRacer project cars? I, I don't know, um, but to me, you know, this is an opportunity for iRacing needs to to look at this. And esports is becoming a big deal. Um, you know, I don't see why we we can't have a a racing side to esports also. You know, and that's that's part of why I wanted to kind of talk about this article was we need some real strong marketing guy that, that really knows about this esports stuff and like you said this is a no brainer for iRacing to to get involved you know in stuff like this and be more proactive well and i really thought with the with the peak antifreeze series you know cuz that's covered you know on nascar.com that's an officially like you know it's a sanctioned series so i, I had really kind of hoped that that was going to kind of take off a little bit more um you know but I don't know. My guess is probably because if we, you know, if you look at the the global reach of sim racing, I would say the uh, us oval guys are probably on the the shorter, per, the smaller percentage of people competing. You know what I mean? Yep. But I, you know, whether using eye racing or not, I think it's any any sort of exposure for sim racing to me is a good thing. Hey, I I've actually tried to pursue. Uh, Scott Sharp, IndyCar, former IndyCar champion and racer, is in my league, and he races with us on occasion. His uh, buddy in the real sports car racing is CEO of Tequila Patron, Ed Brown, and I've sent him a letter to try to get them to sponsor my league, and let alone you know esports. So I'm I'm all for it. Oh yeah, there's lot, there's opportunities there. I think uh, you know we just gotta dig. Somebody needs to dig at it. Yep. 
All right. Dude. So, when we cover the next part here, then. Yeah, Carlos, what do you got next? Well, something about the do with the dirt racing deal and our licensing system. They were planning. They are planning to releasing a new uh, new license type. It's pretty much, I'm guessing, for the dirt oval side of things, and possibly the rallycross. I'm guessing it's just dirt oval and dirt road. They're going to have their own individual licenses, but they might not get it released when the dirt racing comes out, and they don't want to, you know, just rush it out because you know they might have issues with the site, and a lot of people would be mad, and you get the whole point of that. But they're, I don't know, just having them separate, I guess, from your pavement racing, I guess. Well, I think that's going to be the goal originally, but from the gist, it sounds like well, at least when Dirt is originally launched, you'll still be using your regular oval. Yep. Which, uh, I won't be doing any of that. Yeah, that yeah, sounds that's... scary. You lose all my IR. You know, they're saying is that another thing they said is, uh, they're going to adjust the incident points, I guess, for dirt racing. I'm guessing so it's not as sensitive. I don't know. Because uh, I actually be read, I read, I read about that and it seemed like they were only, it's basically they, they, they reduced the amount of spinning that you get. It's like you got a 1x for a out of control spin, but it wasn't a whole lot of reduction. Yeah. No. But the, the way they talked about it was basically almost having like a tiered system to where going forward, you know, you can, it can be implemented, I guess, a little bit easier, um, you know, depending on, you know, very strict, medium strict, not as strict, you know, as far as the incident points, which is a good thing. But um, to me, if you're going to launch dirt, it needs to be launched complete. And that's with your own, you know, IR and SR for dirt. I Brad, what I saw, what I saw was a four X is still a four X, and it seemed like a three X was reduced to a two X, but that was about it. Yeah, and the whole part about you know using your regular oval IR, like I said, that just scares the heck out of me, and I think that's going to turn a lot of people off. I, I agree with Brad; they shouldn't rush this out. They should wait until their licensing is ready. Yeah, because, I mean, I can tell you right now, I won't touch it official until it's separate, plain and simple. Right, we could try it. hosted or something. Yep, sure. I'll do hosted or practice, but I won't touch it official. I'll give it a go. Yeah, I know Me you too. will. I'll, I'll be in there. I don't care about irony. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up uh, on our list here, we're running out of time. Uh, the, they did, a, as Brad mentioned, uh, released a couple weeks ago some pictures of Clint Boyer's racing dirt late model. Uh, and it's got the Georgia boot sponsorship and, and all. And boy, you know, it looks really good at, as a finished car. So uh, check out the iRacing Facebook page for those pictures from two weeks ago. Yep. And then um, there was a post made uh, last week from a Joshua Thornton. And, um, Talking about uh, in support for a fellow iRacers. Uh, it says, hello, fellow iRacers, race fans, and family. If you could find it in your hearts, please help uh, one of our team members, Jason Dockery, any way you can. Um, apparently, I guess Jason has lost his son. So as a parent, um, anybody who's ever had to go through anything as far as with their children, um, it's a pretty bad deal. But uh, apparently lost a young child. Um, there's a GoFundMe account set up, I'm sure, probably to help with with cost, medical bills, and stuff like that, and as always, the iRacing community is a pretty generous community. So if you uh, if you can, you can go to uh, GoFundMe.com forward slash Mason uh, 
dash Dockery for more information. Yep, and it looks like they've uh, got a lot of donations there already, so uh, help the guy out, man. All right, uh, next up hardware is hardware, Carlos. Well, first thing we got here is, uh, I don't know, I think we talked about this quite a few times. The AMD, uh, I guess a new AMD series of cards, which is the RX 480, uh, with the Polaris uh, architecture, I'm guessing. And this is pretty much AMD's budget, you know, their solution to the whole GTX series of NVIDIA and all that good stuff there. And I don't know, really, actually a really good deal. 200 bucks, I think, is around the price range, isn't it? Yeah, 200 for the 4 gigabyte. Uh, the 8 gigabyte's only $40 more, so I think that's wow. a no-brainer to go with the 8 gigabyte. Oh, yeah, at that price, why not? Right, so 240 bucks. that's a pretty decent card. That'll run triples, and that's a budget compared to that 1080. Yeah, I want to skip over that 1080. I found a 1070 finally for a... But they're, I don't know, just a little bit more powerful than these 480s, but they're, what, over twice as expensive? Right. So if you're looking for a value, this might be one to look at, the RX 480. Um, one thing to note, though, um, I noticed on Reddit that there's been some reports uh, that this particular card, the RX 480, uses more uh, uh, voltage wattage than it should, and it may be violating the PCI Express specification. So I don't know if that's a concern. What do you guys think about that? AMD's always had their power issues. They're running high, you mean, Lance? Yeah, they they run high, and um, I'd rather I'd rather scrape off my face than use the Catalyst software. I see. <laughs> so, what do you think of this deal? I I honestly, for the money, it's it's the way AMD's always uh, run their business model. It's um, offer something that's not quite as good, but make it really budget friendly, and you're going to appeal to a large percentage of the market. Right. And let's talk timing real quick. I mean, you know, the 1080's been out for, what, a month now or a month and a half. Uh, the people that are going to buy that card have bought it, like our teammate Jose. He just bought one. Uh, why now? Why, why did they announce this now, you know, a month later? Why didn't they do it at the same time and try to get some of those buyers who went with the 1080? I think uh, part of their marketing strategy as well is to to kind of examine how well the uh, sales of the 1080s or the new NVIDIA flagship cards are doing and to uh, adjust their price point accordingly. Oh, I see. So depending on how those sales perform, they might have, you know, asked for more money for this card. Uh, that could very well be. AMD is always real finicky about what they, the, the percentage of difference between uh, uh nvidia's flagship offering in theirs right well 240 bucks for an eight gigabyte card pretty good deal and if you're on a budget if you're on a budget grab two of them throw them in go crossfire have a good time and and this has got the new polaris gpu architecture that we talked about that the 1080 and 1070 had where they have the faster uh response times and stuff like that 
the thing that AMD, or I'm sorry, NVIDIA has going for them right now is um, the uh, high eye racing in their software has the uh, screen skew on the sides for running triples. That's not available uh, for most games. The new NVIDIA architecture allows for that in, in other uh, triple monitor support games. Right. All right, uh, let's wrap up a final uh, hardware topic here. Uh, somebody took a note about, or I took a note anyway, about video capture, or how do you take a screenshot in iRacing? And everyone always forgets, but they got a new uh, keystroke for that, and that keystroke is Control-Alt-Shift-S. Uh, and then you can do video on? capture, uh, starting video, by Control-Alt-Shift-V. You need to be a contortionist to get it to work. I know. That's like four fingers at once, right? That's ridiculous. But that's what it how is. How the hell do you do that? How do you do that without crashing your system? That's like Control-Delete-F4. Control-Alt-Shift-S. So, yeah. Try that with your hand. Can you just driving. make it a simple thing? Like every other software out there? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough combo if you ever had trouble in shop class. Yeah, there you go. If you don't have a, enough digits, right? All right, let's get into final thoughts here. Uh, Brad. Um, New Hampshire. Not happy. Don't like it. <laughs> Filled up with water. Who we'll does? Get through it. <laughs> Another week to get through, huh? Yeah, that's right. Okay, Carlos, you're up next. Just copy Brad's statements, and there you go. There's my thoughts. How about the video series you've been working on? I, I've seen some of that. Wait, which one? The I, the classroom stuff. Oh, the driving school deal. Oh, Wanna yeah. mention that? I guess I will, since we're going to, starting this week, actually, we're getting more advanced shifting time. That's what I'm talking about this week. So, go check that out. So, you, so you have a couple of vid you have videos out, but basically, one covers the... You know your your black boxes, and you have another one. You're talking about steering offset, and just I different believe. things in the iRacing sim that people need to learn. Yeah, to say it's pretty much helpful, I guess. Yeah. All right, check that out, uh, Kyle. Final thoughts. Wait for it, Kyle. See, you there? Even with New Hampshire, he feels like us. All right, Lance, we'll jump to Lance. Hey, I'm just happy to be back and uh, happy to get back involved with you guys. Thanks hey, we're happy to have, uh, have you, Lance, on Team Tifosi. Um, welcome back. All right, Jason Brizick, uh, final thoughts. Well, uh, we are qualifying right now for the Indy Corn for, uh, 300, and I would like to invite everybody listening to come out the World Tour Series and race with me. Uh, there is time between now and the mid-September to make the chase if you show up, and uh, you can win over $1,000 from this point on forward. Nice. Yeah, great league, guys, and uh, a great place to get some racing in. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, I'm looking forward to New Hampshire, uh, get away from Kentucky. Um, and, you know, I'm looking for feedback and special guests to come on the show. So make sure to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at uh, iRacers Lounge. Okay, uh, we're we're on iTunes, uh, we're on uh, Stitcher, uh, 
any kind of podcast app out there you have, you can search iRacers Lounge and you'll find us. So with that, we'll see you next time. Later. Not everybody. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.